So in June, we're going to continue the conversation about kind of sleep health and why it's important and how, what can we do about it? Um, but before we get started, Dr. Jess, what is in your glass today? So talking about sleep health, uh, I have already had my caffeine. I don't know how great that is, but anyway, I have had that already. So now we're moving on to my smoothie, uh, which is, oops, my stuck in my coaster. Uh, I've got all sorts of like goodness in there, microgreens, protein powder, um, chia seed, frozen fruits, um, oat milk, and um, some probiotic as well. I started adding that in. So um, anyway, nice. Dr. Bobby, what's in your glass? I have had my decaf coffee and I am moving on to just plain old water. So H2O, yeah. <laughs> gotta drink it, right? Yeah. So this is a topic that is so, um, I, I love it because I think it's a place where we can easily do so much improvement and it doesn't really cost us anything and it doesn't, the little things can make a big difference. And I do notice it in my life. So um, first let's kind of talk just why is like sleep, hygiene or routine or sleep health, why is it important for us? So when we think about sleep, sometimes we think of sleep as this like passive thing. Like we lie down, we close our eyes, and then in a little while we wake up and we move on about our day. And as if it's like, it's just this, this thing that we do and we're not doing anything else. However, when we're sleeping, so much is actually happening from a physiologic standpoint that is crucial to how our bodies operate, which is why we have to sleep and why if you go into like periods of time where you don't sleep, that's actually a form of torture. <laughs> sleep deprivation is a form of torture. And so why would we deprive ourselves of sleep and literally torture ourselves? <laughs> that's not, that's not healthy. And so, and I'm, I'm guilty of it. Listen, I'm like, I live in a glass house and I'm throwing stones all over the place. So <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie. Um, this is a huge struggle for me and my balance. And so I know that this is something that other people struggle with as well. And so that's why Dr. Bobby and I like to shed light on things where it seems like, well, of course you just go to sleep for seven or eight hours and it's, it's great. And you just do it and it's fine. Uh, it's actually difficult. It's difficult to like work into your routine to make sure that you're actually getting quality sleep and that you're blocking enough time. You know, time blocking is something that we, Dr. Bobby and I both use to make sure that we're giving ourselves enough structure in the day so that things aren't constantly spilling over into the next part of the day. Uh, so time blocking your schedule for sleep is literally like hugely important for how your body functions, how your brain functions, how your digestive system functions, how your immune system functions, your endocrine system functions, everything needs in order to function at the highest level, it requires good REM cycles. And that means consecutive REM cycles. That doesn't mean like one or two and you're done. It means consecutive REM cycles that then add up to seven to eight hours of sleep each night, not once a week. Um, <laughs> so that's the why. That's the why of this episode is, is kind of going into, um, you know, just the physiology of it. And then we'll kind of talk a little bit more about uh, what we call sleep hygiene. And that's, that kind of goes into time blocking and other strategies in order to get that good quality consecutive 
REM cycles. And um, we did an episode last year, which we'll link in the description of like what's actually happening. If you're interested in that, we talked with a uh, professor in neuroscience and it's a two-part episode. It got heavy into the physiology of REM cycles and everything that happens. So if you geek out about the stuff like we do, then uh, <laughs> look in the episode description and, and you'll see those. So, uh, so anyway, that's a long-winded answer for why. <laughs> I was going to say like, and you're, you, no, but it's awesome because it's yes. so true. Like it really affects our physical and mental well-being. like, and yes. short, you know, there's all those systems are really affected by sleep. And I can attest that I remember in college, like get three hours of sleep, I'd nap all day. And then I went to work and I started getting like eight hours of sleep and I was like, whoa this is kind of nice. And I would say today, like I'm one where sleep, I, when I'm tired, I go to bed. I don't care what I have left to do. My body just shuts down and it says like, your time to go to sleep. So I can definitely feel the difference of when I get good sleep. And then when I don't, I'm just crabby and can't think and not fun to be around. <laughs> Yeah. It's almost like you've got this brain fog on, like when you're tired and it's, that's what that is, is like, you're actually not operating like from a neurologic perspective and how your brain is functioning. It's like, you're not operating at, at your highest level, which is why you feel like you have that brain fog and that's completely preventable really. Um, and it, and that's the whole point of this is to talk about, uh, you know, like the last episode we talked about just positioning and how to get your body comfortable and supporting your spine and your joints and things that will kind of help you not, you know, maybe fall asleep better and more in a more comfortable manner and not wake up in pain. And so kind of, we kind of tackled that last episode. So this episode, we're going to talk about what are other strategies that you can implement? Um, so, but first let's talk about what are some signs of, let's say, um, like the, the poor sleep hygiene. So like, what, what does that look like, Dr. Bobby? So poor sleep hygiene, or meaning you're not getting enough sleep or, um, maybe you're getting eight hours, but it's really like interrupted. Um, so what you want to look for is like, are you having a hard time falling asleep? Do you go to bed and you lay awake for a few hours or even 40 minutes, you know, 45 minutes, just kind of laying there. So having a hard time falling asleep is one sign. Another sign is um, experiencing frequent sleep disturbances. Now it is normal to have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, um, but it shouldn't be four, five, six times in the middle of the night that you're waking up. Um, most of us will, if you go back to listen to a, uh, the other episode, most of us wake up during the night. Sometimes we're just not conscious about it. Um, another is suffering daytime sleepiness, which I know we've all felt at some point where you're just like, I just need to sleep. I just, I think about that nap. Um, and then the lack of consistency of sleep, both either in the quantity, meaning like the hours of sleep or the quality. So the type of sleep that you're getting, um, all of those are poor signs of poor hygiene or sleep hygiene or sleep routine. And another one that I notice common is like driving, like daytime, like drowsiness while you're driving and stuff. Like once you finally sit and you get to relax and you just like feel your body kind of zone down, um, that could also be another sign that you're not getting um, enough sleep or good quality sleep. 
Yeah. I think it's important to understand what the symptoms are when you're not getting quality sleep, because it's one of those things where you're like, well, I was in bed for eight hours. So I'm like checking that box of seven to eight hours of sleep. Well, just because you're in bed doesn't mean you're actually getting quality sleep. So it's both that are <laughs> required. So mm-hmm. now that we've talked about the symptom of not getting good quality sleep in consecutive REM cycles. Um, let's talk about tips to improve that. <laughs> so now we'll come yes. back onto the side of what do we do about it? Um, so and the best part about most of these, Joss, are they are they're relatively easy mm-hmm. and most of them don't cost you anything. Oh. Or if they do, it's very little. Um, so these are all things that are easy. We can change. Problem is, is habits are hard to break. And um, as we talked uh, back in May about social media, television, stuff like that, they're just hard habits. They're hard things for our body to do or for our brain to do and kind of give up. So yeah. while they e- while they sound easy, we know they can be really difficult. Oh, absolutely. Um, so here's some tips that can be helpful for improving your sleep hygiene. And so the first one is, if you really work on having a fixed wake up time. And so I know sometimes it's like one of those things where the, you know, the schedule kind of changes and some days you want to stay up super late and then sleep in and other days you're waking up early and it can kind of mess up with that circadian rhythm and make it a little bit harder to actually like have your body fall asleep at a regular pattern and then wake up at a regular pattern. And I will say I was guilty of not doing this before kids. Uh, now that we have kids in the house, it's no problem. Because <laughs> they are on target. I mean, that yes. sun comes up and they're like, welcome to the day. And I'm like, oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> Sunrise on Saturday. Love it. <laughs> And I was about to say, I think that's where like most adults go wrong with this. And um, as we were researching, like this is stuff for both adults and kids. And you can start as young, but realize kids aren't. um, I just took a class on sleeping with babies and infants and kids. Their bodies may not be until nine years old, they said, um, able to kind of tell true day night, like have the circadian rhythms that we have as adults. Um, So like, it takes a while to develop these, but it's very easy to break them. Um, but I think where most people struggle with this is on weekends. Weekdays, mm-hmm. you're up at 5, 36, 7, whatever time you have to get up for work. And then on weekends, you're like, oh, I'm going to sleep in 9, 10, 11, um, especially if you don't have kids. And so um, I feel like that's where this is a hard one for adults. Um, especially if you're doing something fun Friday night, um, you just want to sleep in on that Saturday, but it really disturbs your circadian rhythms. And then it just makes it hard for your body to kind of get on that natural rhythm of getting up at the same time every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, if you're going to like fudge it by like, you know, half hour or so, uh, you know, just because you were out doing something a little bit later than normal, you know, maybe you got to bed a little bit later than your normal bedtime. Uh, I mean, like I would say kind of listen to your body as well, or Mm -hmm. if you're fighting a cold or getting sick and you just are like, man, I just feel like I am punched in the face. Like I am just exhausted. That might mean your immune system is fighting something. So there's a difference between like 
doing this like black and white hardcore yeah. like we never fudge anything it's like it's all gray <laughs> so yes listening to your body is helpful that's how I know I'm fighting something because I'll wake up in the morning and I'm like man I am on the struggle bus today like I'm like almost like narcoleptic like falling asleep just trying <laughs> to like brush my teeth and I'm like, hmm. And then sure enough, like, like a cold will be coming on. But mm-hmm. if I listen to my body and actually give it more rest during that time, then usually it'll be, if, if the cold does come on, it'll be less intense. Um, and I don't just like wear myself completely down. Um, so I will say with all of the stuff that we're uh, talking about, it's all gray. It really is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, don't get too black and white with your thinking. Um, so, uh, well, and going with that, they talk about making gradual adjustments. So, um, let's say you want to get up earlier or you want to stay up later, work it as Jess said, in like Dr. Jess said in half an hour increments, don't change your schedule by two hours. Right. Um, that's a little hard on your body. So just kind of make those gradual adjustments over weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so some of the other things are, let's say you really enjoy taking a nap. (laughs) That can be actually a little bit counterproductive for getting quality sleep. And so I, I definitely noticed this, uh, in my now five-year-old because he'll crash at nap time at his school. And then at nighttime, it is like so hard to get him to go to bed. (laughs) He had such a good quality nap during the day. And now he's like, (laughs) I'm like, okay. Ah, great. Uh, Whereas on the weekends we push through no nap. He'll have like a rest time in the middle of the day. Um, just like have some lunch, you know, come in from outside, just kind of, you know, be quiet for a little bit and then let's keep on going. And then I'm telling you bedtime, no problem. Boom, shower, teeth brushed, lay down out, you know, story Mm -hmm. out. Uh, so I will say like, I'm definitely seeing that difference in the five-year-old. So, and I know I've seen this in adults as well of like, they'll, you know, sleep for a couple of hours, sometimes in the middle of the day, uh, really like your nap should be, if you need a nap, like 20, 30 minutes, just enough to like, let your body rest a little bit and then keep on going. But you don't want to create that habit where you need a really like truly require a couple of hours. There's something else going on in your quality of sleep overnight that should probably be addressed. Try to try to keep them either earlier in the day, early afternoon. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, not too not, late. In the afternoon. Too late in the afternoon, because then that will really affect it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another one that I really like that I personally need to get better with, and I'm going to combine two. One is creating a routine that's about 30 minutes before bed. And the other is no electronics, 30 to 60 minutes before bed. Um, And then with this is that routine, it kind of think about going for a run. You don't just one day and go run. Like you, you warm up, you have a walk, you, you create a routine that you do before you go exercise, before you play sports, you know, before you do anything, you have a routine and that helps you get ready for wherever you're going. Um, the same as for bed. Um, you should have the same, a relatively same routine each night that takes about 30 minutes. And that can include, um, like dimming the lights. Um, the reason they say no electronics and dim the lights is 
the lights will hinder the production of melatonin. So same with the blue lights on your electronic devices. And melatonin is a hormone that helps, that our body actually creates to help facilitate sleep. So they say 30 to 60 minutes before, you should really start dimming the lights, kind of calming that body down so that melatonin can be produced. The other bad thing about being on electronics, TV, things like that, is all every all of that stuff is made to stimulate, stimulate our brain. Um, and when you have mental stimulation, it's really hard sometimes to turn it off, depending on what you see, the thoughts you make, you know, things like that. So it's not just the blue light with the melatonin. It also has to do with, it almost like wakes up your, um, your brain for it instead of like toning down things. Hmm. Um, yeah, so just, there's also, too, cause it's like, an episode yes. ends with like a cliffhanger and then you want to watch the next episode. Yes. Right. So now all of a sudden you were like going to be on target for bed, but you're like, Oh, one more. And then, oh, one more. And all of a sudden you've just like blown that, that uh, bedtime out of the water. And then you're mm-hmm. like destroyed the next day. Uh, so it's, it's definitely like, it's meant to, to keep you watching. Same as scrolling through social media. Like how often do you really find you scroll through social media for an hour and you didn't even know it? Like you just thought it was two minutes. It's meant to um, do that. It's built to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So there's also other things, Jess, like what do you do um, to kind of, um, one thing I really liked that I read about was a um, focusing on relaxing versus falling asleep mm-hmm. yeah. um, and creating in that 30 minute, creating stuff that you do to help your body relax. So Dr. Jess, what are some things that you personally do to help your body relax and prepare for bed? Well, we like in our house, I've actually named it <laughs> It's called relax time. <laughs> so during relax time, we turn off the lights. Uh, so the house is really dark. And that's when we'll sit down and we start relax time. Usually like before we actually fall asleep, probably about an hour and a half before we fall asleep. So lights are off. Um, my husband and I sit down, we'll watch a show. And then I normally will like, once I'm done with that, I'll take a shower. Then, you know, I've got, you know, just nighttime routine stuff, brush your teeth, you know, like I've got different, like, you know, like face products that like lotion. And, um, I've got like a little bit of lavender stuff that like, I just like the way it smells and it's kind of calming. Um, so I'll do that. And then, uh, you know, we've got like our like little reading lights. And so it's like just that shower, you know, it's like, it's predictable. Like I know I do shower, teeth, brush, face. It's like, I've, I've got actually set up in stations in the bathroom and then I've got, you know, a, a reading light and then I'll read. Um, I like paper books. I like to hold the book. I like to turn the pages. I don't like the screen. It, you know, we used to have those little reader things. And I was just like, I just found that like, it was like, my eyes didn't like it. It just, I like a book with a light. I've got the little light. Dr. Bobby has the same one. I got the one she got um, <laughs> goes around your neck. So now you're not having to like fight with the one that falls on your pages and, and all of that. And so, you know, it, it just like, I just find that as soon as we turn off the lights, it just signifies the house is quiet. Even our five-year-old, if he's, you know, awake during relax time, he, that's when he gets his, he gets one show on his tablet. We watch our show, but the house is quiet. And that kind of starts our wind down time. Before that, the house is not quiet at all. <laughs> we have tile floors and the noise echoes. That's <laughs> crazy, which is okay. Like it's okay to have crazy time. And then we start the wind down time. 
Mm-hmm. So that's just what we do. And it's helped me so much like be able to act because I never used to be able to fall asleep I would just like read and read and read and I would like I know and I do like meditations I like listening to guided meditations that's super helpful um, but I mean it would be like hours and I'm still like awake and so I just had to like stick to this routine and it helps so much so yeah. for me yeah what about you Dr. Bobby so I find that I so um I personally have never been one to have a TV in my room. Um, so I do at the moment, um, just because of where I live with my parents and stuff. So I have a place to escape to, which again, we'll talk later on is not probably the best, but, um, but my boyfriend, he likes to watch TV before you go to bed. But I find like when I do best, I, I don't turn the TV on ever. And I will just, for me, reading or um, guided meditations or sleep noise. Those are the three things that I find work best for me. Some people will really maybe work well with like light stretching or like a yoga routine, um, not hard workout, like more of a relaxing type of yoga. Um, but for me, I read or use a guided meditation or just turn on sleep noise, depending on how tired I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and my goal is like, when I'm in my bedroom or when I go to my bed is to go to bed. Um, you know, I try not to sit in there and do work and other things like that, um, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, kind of making your bedroom just like a healthy area to sleep. Mm-hmm. But those are what I found for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I forgot to say that is after so my routine, shower, teeth brush, you know, like like lotions, a little bit of like just having that lavender scent going. Um, then I I like to stretch on the foam roller. So I kind of, I lie that down on the ground and I just kind of open up and I do like, I like to elongate through my spine, open up my pecs. And it just, I do a lot of like diaphragmatic breathing. And with that, it's kind of like a, it's, it's a light meditation as well mm-hmm. as I'm on the foam roller. And I'm usually there for probably three to five minutes um, as I'm just like working on my breathing and it's it's just another like strategy before I read. Uh, I'm a PT, so I'm constantly thinking about like pec length and like spine health. <laughs> 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 but I, what I found is that when I do my diaphragmatic breathing and you know do that real cyclic breathing, it becomes meditative. And so I love to like do more than one thing at the same time because I like efficiency. So yeah. I was like boom killing it (laughs) (laughs) working on my posture and getting ready for bed (laughs) um multitasking that just like checks boxes in my brain Uh, (laughs) so but yeah that is that is like that last step so I'm glad you mentioned the yoga part um I don't that for for me I don't I um for me yoga is a little bit too stimulating because I'm like thinking about my postures whereas mm-hmm. like that's so my brain it just is like it starts going my brain does that very easily so I have to do everything where I don't even let it do that um so just lying on the foam roller and just breathing is what works for me um so uh the other thing I'd, I'd say is like really big time making sure that 
that your space where you sleep, uh, wherever that might be, because, uh, you know, everybody's in different living situations. So you might not have like a designated bedroom or um, have control over exactly what's in the bedroom at any particular time, because there might be other people that have a say in that. Maybe you have roommates, uh, you know, maybe you're traveling and you are uh, you travel for work or, you know, whatever it might be. There's lots of reasons why you don't have full control over how it's set up which is fine. Uh, what uh, Dr. Bai was talking about with like the sound, like having a sound machine is something that you can bring with you. And so for our boys, we like, they sleep with a sound machine and that's something that we use to kind of help make any new environment feel like similar so that their nervous systems can kind of still wind down and relax wherever we are. So we might be at a family member's house. We might be, we call Airbnbs weekend houses because, <laughs> you know, that's where we go on a weekend to have a, a little getaway. So something like that might be something that you can set up to still create a dimly lit space with some noise um, and still have like something that your brain feels is, is predictable and where you can actually relax and feel safe. So just something to, uh, to think about. Uh, but yeah, mm -hmm. ideally no, um, I'm guilty of this, no laptops, <laughs> uh, TV, phone, all of that. Um, I do plug my phone in next to the bed, uh, because I like to, that's my alarm clock. Uh, but like, there's no, there's no need for me to be doing anything before bed. That's just mm -hmm. my alarm clock. And plus our, our monitor, our baby monitor is on there too. So I do like having the phone in the room. Um, but yeah, they, uh, my guilty, my guilty one is the laptop of like, oh, I just need to finish a couple more. <laughs> um, oh, I've really been trying to do better about that though. Um, and just say, it's no. hard. It is really yeah, hard. Running a business is just tough, right? Like there's mm -hmm. stuff that's time sensitive. So I leave that out in the office and like, like do that out in the office and then come back. I'm like, do not bring that in. It's going to wake your brain mm -hmm. up. So yes. Yeah. Um, one last one before we kind of move on is that is really recommended is don't lay in bed and toss and turn. If you're in bed and this is one that like, you know, when you're so tired and you just toss, turn, toss, turn, toss, turn, what do I do? I grab my phone and I entertain myself. Eventually I do fall asleep, but what they really say we should be doing is kind of after 20 minutes, if you're still tossing and turning, get up, do some more of those relaxation techniques, you know, go to reading. Now this doesn't mean go clean the kitchen or do heavy tasks like that, but it's just saying, get up, get out of bed um, and go do something that will help your body relax more um, before you then try to go back to bed. Cause I think if you sit there and toss and turn, focus on, I, we're all guilty of it. Watching the clock go and being like, I should be up in five hours. I feel up in four hours. I feel up in three hours and I'm still awake. Like it does not help your body relax or go to bed, but man, I am so guilty of that. Those perseverating thoughts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Big time of like, uh Oh, tomorrow's going to be a bad day. Cause I'm not sleeping well. Oh no. It's, you know, and so, yeah. Oh, I've, I've definitely done it myself. <laughs> um, I will say for me, like taking a warm shower is like, it just, it's helpful. And then like really finding some sort of, um, like, I don't, I just, I, I, I love lavender. It just like mm -hmm. before bed and I only smell lavender before bed. 
no other time. It's just a thing. So now like my brain associates, oh, when you smell lavender, that means it's bedtime. So I try and do things where I only do that right before bed. And then again, I'm like training my brain like, oh Mm -hmm. yeah, remember this is what we do. Uh, (laughs) Then I say, if you're still feeling like, oh, not quite like ready to really fall asleep, popping in a guided meditation and that can like really be helpful one that's specific to falling asleep and that that big time can be helpful yeah so um just again other strategies yeah so let's talk so those are kind of like just overall tips um we have two other things we'd love to talk about one like what can we do to our bedroom and two what can we do during the day and we've already touched on some of them um that will both improve our quality of sleep so Dr. Jess, let's first, let's go over some like daily habits of like things we can do to help improve our sleep. And this is not just right before bed. Um, having that routine before bed is super helpful and beneficial and important, but there's also things we can do throughout the entire day to ensure that when we do try to go to bed at night, um, we have a better chance of getting a good quality and quantity of sleep. Yeah. So uh, the opposite of dark is light. So if we want to improve our circadian rhythm and have our body work uh, with, you know, day versus night, then in the daytime, having light exposure is going to help our brains say, oh, I'm awake. Let's have light exposure. Then when we turn off the lights, the brain's like, oh, light exposure is gone. That means it's sleep time. And then the lights turn on, but it's not just fluorescent lights, but actual daylight from the sun. Um, That doesn't mean sunbathing. Um, But I notice in here, I mean, I have the blinds closed right now, but during the day, I open them up to get as much natural light into the office as possible. Um, And then again, in the afternoons, getting that 30 minutes for me, it works best in the afternoons just because of kid pickup, you know, being done with patients, things like that, um, that I can get out for a run for a walk and, um, bike ride. And that way we're getting 30 minutes of physical activity in daylight is on me, real sun, not just through a window (laughs) that again is like helpful between daylight plus 30 minutes of activity. That doesn't mean that I have to be lifting super heavy weight for 30 minutes, doing high intensity interval training for 30 minutes. I could be doing that or I could go for a walk, Mm -hmm. right? I could like my son's, you know, we're thinking about taking off training wheels. So, (laughs) so I'll do a little jog while he rides his bike um, while my little guy rides in the stroller. So, you know, things like that. So it doesn't have to be something super intense. You can do it as a family. And now we're teaching kiddos, hey, this is what we do. We move our bodies, but we can have fun while we do it. And we can do it together. So we're also socially connecting at the same time. We're talking about our day, like, hey, how was your day? Oh, it was good. You know, what was good yes. about it? Oh, I, you know, whatever might, ha- might may have happened that day. Um, and so there's no electronics, there's no distractions. You're just present in the world around you. Um, and so that big time is helpful for creating, again, when we're thinking about healthy habits and routines and um, getting the most out of our body's functioning, we want it to function during the day and we want it to turn off at night. So we need to give it stuff to do during the day that's healthy. So. And besides, oh, two things I want to say besides um, 
getting outside just good for our mental health too. just feel mm-hmm. better. Um, at the time of this recording, it is just starting to be nice up here in Chicago. And you can just tell the difference when it's like sunny and people get outside versus after a long winter. Um, so it's just, it's so beneficial in so many ways besides just sleep. But, um, so hopefully when this airs, I may have a little girl in my hands. I may not, we'll see, but I've been taking like different classes, um, just to learn. And one thing they say with like the infants and there, I know there's so many different thoughts and trains out there, but is trying to help the infant learn the difference between daytime sleep and daytime naps versus night sleep. Um, and for an infant, they say a full night's sleep is four to five hours. Um, and that's like a full night and that's like after three months, um, that's not the first eight weeks. Um, but even for a child going up until five, six, like still a full night's sleep is uninterrupted for four to five hours. Um, but for them, when they're taking naps during the day, like they suggested, like, don't close the blinds, like let that daylight still in. So the infant's body can learn, like, this is still daytime. Yes, they need naps and yes, they need to sleep, but don't close the blinds. Don't make it really dark in their room during the day. If you're trying to teach them the difference between day and night, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah, definitely. No, like, yeah, no blackout curtains for nap time. Uh, yeah, because sometimes what will happen is they'll sleep so much for their nap. And then all of a sudden at nighttime, you're like, no, 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 no. It's bedtime. They're like, what? <laughs> Jumping in the crib. What do you mean? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so, I mean, that daylight's so important for our bodies to like, just naturally be able to learn those rhythms and cycles. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, as far as like just other like healthy things, I mean, just, you know, not smoking, uh, decreasing your alcohol consumption. Uh, so everything in moderation, uh, smoking is, is, is really not in moderation. There's nothing super helpful. So it is a habit that is difficult to break because it is, it is addictive in nature. Uh, but there's a lot of help out there for being able to quit smoking. And so that would be ideal. Uh, and then alcohol, again, just in moderation. It's not something where, uh, it, you know, a little bit goes a long way. <laughs> so, well, and I know a lot of people, and I feel this myself, like, oh, if I have a drink, it helps me fall asleep. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is it does, it really does. So alcohol will help you fall asleep, mm-hmm. but then what it does is it wears off and it actually wakes you back up. So mm-hmm. it like, makes you not be able to sleep the total length. Yeah. Um, so it will help you fall asleep. So you're not wrong in that, but then it just disrupts everything through the rest of the night. So that's why it is not recommended or not a great thing to have a bunch of alcohol before you go to bed to use it as a way to help you sleep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing is not eating meals, like really large meals too late. Uh, so you really want your body's digestive system to be kind of not like ramped up trying to break down a bunch of food. Uh, ideally, you've kind of already gone through that phase and that way it's it's just going to kind of help you be able to relax a little bit better. And it's just a better use of the calories that you're consuming uh, so that you're fueling your body at the appropriate times. So we don't need a fuel and then go sleep for eight hours. Uh, <laughs> ideally structuring structuring how you see fuel uh, can work for you a little bit better. 
so maybe making that lunchtime meal a little bit heavier in nutrient dense, something that'll get you through the afternoon. So you're not so hungry by dinner time and you're ready to eat like a lighter dinner. And that kind of prepares you then for bedtime. Um, so like healthy breakfast, healthy lunch, and then dinner doesn't need to be as big. And it's going to keep your body functioning better without these, you know, they call it um, glucose regulation, essentially. So if you get like if the glucose drops, you're going to want bom, 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 eat a bunch. And it's not really like you don't need to prepare for this like big event and go fall asleep. So, um, yeah. So just thinking about that glucose regulation during the day as well will kind of also help your body feel relaxed because you don't have these hunger pings happening. So, And to go along with food is caffeine. Um, mm -hmm. ca there's nothing wrong with having caffeine, but just try to keep it to morning, early afternoon. You don't want to be having it later at night when it can keep you awake. It is a stimulant as well. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and then so going to the environment. So there's a lot we can do that's like physical, but then there's also like creating an environment that's welcoming to sleep. Um, and one of my favorites is using good sheets and blankets because you all know when you get into the, you're like, oh, these sheets, oh, these blankets, like you're comfortable. So you really, it's the first thing you touch when you go to bed. So you need to make sure it matches your needs and preferences. Um, because it's going to set the tone for being comfortable as you lay in bed. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I definitely would say like some people, everyone's a little bit different. Um, some people do well with a weighted blanket and some people don't. They get super hot when they sleep. It's it's funny, like one of my aunts, she loves a heavy comforter. Um, I'm a hot sleeper. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> get that off me. Uh, so um, I love weighted blankets. I absolutely love it. I love heavy comforters. My boyfriend can't stand it. He wants mm -hmm. like the thinnest thing ever. And yeah. <laughs> I will say it's like one of our arguments because I don't sleep well if I don't feel weight on me and he can't sleep well if there is weight on him. Right. So just understanding that there's different like everybody's nervous system needs different things. And so I think some people like that have like a higher um, body temp at night uh, tend to not really like as much of that weight because you're already hot, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so, so that's okay. Like, or like women going through menopause or just like hot flashes and all of that. So weighted blankets probably would not be the best. Um, but uh, that I would say that there are plenty of people that really do well with a weighted blanket and it's very calming. And so mm -hmm. that's something to consider. Um, but body temperature and having an appropriate temperature in your room is hugely important. One degree temperature difference from what your body really likes can big time be part of what's waking you up or what's having a hard time falling asleep. So if you just think like when you've stayed somewhere other than your home and you're like freezing cold or you're lying there like, oh my gosh, why is it so hot in here? Right? Like your body's like internal sense of like homeostasis is off. And so in your home, think like, do I need to have a fan on? Do I need to change the air temp just a little bit? Does my partner need to have a heavier blanket so my air temp can be colder? You know, so things like that um, can be can be very helpful for creating an environment where your physiology can be just kind of boom, calm. Um, what are some other uh, 
things that can be helpful? So, um, if, um, so for some people using like a blackout curtain, mm-hmm. a blackout, I should say, um, or like an eye mask. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this one I feel is very individualized. It depends on when you're trying to sleep. For me, I get up pretty early each morning and light helps me get up. So I don't like personally like using them because A, I go to bed when it's pretty dark already. And then B, the light helps me wake up. Um, But I know a lot of people um, that may work night shift or that may work later. And so their routine is they get up around seven, between seven and eight. They love them because the light's already coming in at that time and it's disturbing their sleep. So um, a blackout curtain or an eye mask can be perfect for someone that doesn't want to wake up right when the sun starts shining. I find I have an eye mask that I sleep with and it's like, it it goes around my ears and my eyes and it's really light and soft and not hot. Uh, and it, I can still hear, right? Um, but it kind of helps me block out the world around me. It just, it does, it just works so well for me. Um, mm-hmm. But as I move, cause it's not tight or anything. So as I move during the night, it ends up coming off at some point. And then, so the, the morning light still wakes me up. So I still kind of get that morning light. Um, but I notice, like, as soon as I put it on, it's like almost like my whole body relaxes. Cause again, it's like, I only put it on when I go to bed. So mm-hmm. it's like, I have this like really structured routine and then it's like, boom, and it's like, okay. <laughs> So, and I would be the exact opposite because of, um, I don't know why I've always been, even since I was a little kid, like there's very specific things that I need to fall asleep. Otherwise I get like nightmares and scared and I'm an adult. I shouldn't have this, but something over my eyes like freaks me out. Cause then all of a sudden I hear noise and I just, my brain starts going, Oh, someone's walking in da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So for, for me, it's funny. Like I can't like I can I want my whole body covered, but my face has to be free. Gotcha. But like feet, you know, like the feet can't go out because something's going to grab my feet. Gotcha. It's so funny because <laughs> I'm opposite. My feet have to be out because they get hot, you know? <laughs> so, and I think that just goes to show there's not one right way. I think you, it really is um, sleep hygiene and sleep, your sleep routine is very individualized. You need to find what works for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And listening to what your body says. So like if I, um, like again, one of my family members had an eye mask and we were traveling somewhere and it was like loud and, you know, we were trying to use earplugs and it was really frustrating. And she goes, try this, like try my eye mask, um, with it, with the earplugs that might help you. And I was like, really? And, um, I put it on, I was like, Oh, <laughs> I think you're on to something. This is fantastic. And I never thought of myself as an eye mask person, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but like, I was like, now I'm convinced. Um, so there's yeah. that. Uh, yeah. And so the last thing we're going to talk about are sheets. And so, <laughs> and not just like thread counts, um, but the, like, how often Dr. Bobby, should we be washing our sheets? So what we have found through research this is not what Dr. Justin and I do. We will be. Hopefully. We need to work on it. Yes. <laughs> is if you take a shower right before bed, you should be changing them once a week. I don't know. Do if that. you do not shower right before bed, then it needs to be more often than once a week, which 
Um, just showers before bed. I do not. My hair is naturally curly. So if I want my hair to look nice in the morning, I have to shower in the just my routine is I shower, have to shower in the morning. Um, otherwise I look like my hair is huge. Um, and there's no controlling it. So um technically I should be changing my sheets more than once a week. And I they say on average, they they pulled like a thousand people on the average is 24 days. Mm-hmm. Every 24 days, someone that's like a little over three weeks. Yeah. I'd say like realistically, that's probably what we do. I try to go for typically I do like an every other week, um, but that doesn't always happen. Uh, yes. So why? So what's the why behind that, Dr. Bobby? So it just has to do with like art. I mean, when you go to sleep, your, your skin, it sheds. There's animal dander. There's dust. There's oils. It's just... I mean, we all know what it feels like to jump into clean sheets. It feels different. And like, how many times do you come into jean or jump into clean sheets and you're like, oh, and you instantly feel like more relaxed. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of reasoning behind it. Um, if you really want to know, start reading, but it may gross you out a little bit. <laughs> I was reading some of the stuff and I was like, oh, uh-huh. Looks like today is a sheet washing day. <laughs> Like, I know what I'm doing later. Yeah, I really do. <laughs> yeah. So, but if you think about it, like we are sloughing off like the outer layer of skin all the time. That's what creates the dust around your home. And so with the sheets constantly like in contact with our skin, then, I mean, it makes sense that like you're just getting more oils and, you know, like cells, you know, from your body, like on your sheets, which is why you, there's such a big difference after they've been washed and dried of like, oh, wow, this like really does feel different. I mean, you could like not tell somebody that you washed and dried the sheets and they would know that they're clean sheets. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, mm-hmm. there's something to this. I would prefer to like, not have that be the truth, but I will say like, learning something new is like, okay, now let's, you know, regurgitate that information and make it something meaningful. So that's uh, something that's going to be added to my routine. (laughs) So we'd be really interested. Um, Drop your comments below. How often do you wash your sheets? Because we definitely were not on the weekly routine or more than weekly routine. Yeah. I mean, I'll admit it. Like, yeah, like <laughs> not once a week for sure. Now the boys, you know, because of like someone like dropping something on the sheets or like, like pee coming out of the diaper or something like that. I mean, there's do get washed a lot more <laughs> than ours. Uh, so I'm like, well, at least we're kind of on target for them, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, we have some, more- and then if they talk about like dog beds and all that stuff, Oh boy, that's even worse. So exactly. Yeah. All right, everybody. So the challenge this week is choose one thing to work on sleep hygiene in your life. It doesn't need to be overwhelming by any means. This was a lot of information. Some of it might resonate with you. Some of it you might be already doing other things or might be like new information to try. So don't feel like you have to like take all of this and go, oh my gosh, there's so much I have to do in order to get better sleep. Um, But I will say kind of really trying to implement some specific strategies and sticking to them, I think you'll notice that you really do get better quality sleep, more consistent sleep, and that you just function at a better level. So mm-hmm. small changes can really make big differences in how your body's physiology is functioning. So stay tuned. We've got more coming up on sleep this month, and uh, hopefully everybody can continue to learn and enjoy the fun. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the episode today. 
If you would like to learn more about how Two Gals can support you, then join our Two Gals Insiders membership, which can be found at www.2-gals.com. Also, don't forget, follow us on social media. We're on Facebook as well as Instagram. Okay, everybody. Bye. Enjoy your week.